Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we discussed the Lunar New Year event, BlizzCon, and the LA Valiant. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 51 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Unfortunately, like unlike Area 51, we, we don't have any aliens in this episode. Then um, I know, and if you looked at the social media, I teased that we were going to have a special guest this episode. Um, we had a little bit of a scheduling issue. We're still trying to figure it out. So um, hopefully we will be able to get her on. Should I say who it is or should I just leave them in suspense? It's up to you. I mean, we, we can do either, either way. So to, to take the suspense out of it, um, my friend Avalon Penrose, who I went to college with, I did a, a project with her in one of my site classes. Um, she's an LA-based comedian. Um, she did a video that went viral on Twitter about uh, kind of comedically explaining what's going on with GameStop, uh, thousands of likes and reactions elon musk um retweeted it and responded to it she got an la times article um and she's also the uh voice actor for megara in hades which as you know both kevin and i love this game so i'm trying to find a time where she can get on and talk to us um stay tuned for that that was a very that was a very long intro before we even got into anything Speaking of intro, I don't know. Does my hello, hello get annoying each week? I, I, I couldn't think, think, think of anything. Just, I think it's just a way how you intro <laughs> the show. I mean, you just <laughs> let it go at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, like, when we started this podcast, I, I was thinking, oh, we'd have this really interesting way to sign on. But it just, when it happened, I panicked. And I was like, hello, hello. And it's like, okay, I guess we're doing this for every single episode now. Um, anyway how have you been kevin how has your week been since we last chatted uh i went to the doctors for the first time in like eight years i was just getting all the blood work and everything done so they could figure out what's wrong with me uh if there is anything wrong with me i know i know one i'm fat that that's <laughs> i mean you, i i just had to look in a mirror to tell that but uh other than that pretty much i've been waiting on you know the Lunar New Year event. I knew that it was coming soon because there's no way Blizzard was going to pass up the, that opportunity. So I, I was just kind of waiting on that. Um, but other than that, we've had, for me personally, we had a new update um, for Pokemon, uh, the competitive scene. So if you guys like your legendary Pokemon, you're allowed one on your team now. So that's one thing that I have to get mentally prepared for before I start going into a uh, Start going back into the ranked ladder there. Uh, how about you? How, how was your week? Uh, my week has been busy, I, I guess. Um, I've been playing uh, Cyberpunk and Divinity as usual. Um, I got a haircut for the first time in forever. I have not shaved off my gross Rona beard. I'm still waiting to see if um, one of the uh, the zoom plays a man wants me to be facially haired because i'm playing like a mafia grandpa um so i 
the uh, the facial hair is how I show that I am old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what else was I gonna say? Um, what else have I done this week? Oh yeah, I I got the schedule for that second play, and like I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed as I as I normally do when I heap too much on my plate. But I'll get over it. It's fine. It's only like two weeks of overlap. I I will be okay. Um, also, I wrote a, a pilot for a, a, an animated show that eventually I want to like submit to places um, and maybe eventually get made into a thing. Uh, and then I was walking my dog at the park and I'm like, hey, I have an, epi- uh, an idea for episode two. So I wrote both of those um, scripts in a day each. Um, so that's that's just something I'm really excited about right now. Um, I don't think I've played Overwatch in a week. I think I've been pretty busy. Just you're working on an animated script for like a like a full like TV show. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote like a I think it's like I think I hit exactly thirty pages for the pilot. I think nice. from what I read, pilots typically run from like thirty to forty five pages. Um, and like my script mm-hmm. is my, the show is about like, it's about a super villain kid. And like, the only thing he's ever wanted to do in his life is be a villain. His like, his parents are like, are, are super villains. His sister is, is goes to like super villain school. Like his whole family has been doing this for years. Um, and he's like super excited and he wakes up late on the day, first day of school. He accidentally gets on the wrong bus and he ends up in hero school. And hmm. so for, for like bureaucratic office keeping reasons, he's not allowed to switch once he like submits his paperwork to go to one of the schools. Cause they like, the schools don't want to poach each other's students. Um, also like none of y'all steal my idea, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so like, they're not allowed to like, I've already written the script so I can prove copyright. Um, so they're not allowed to like transfer students just cause like that way would like encourage like espionage or, poaching of students or whatever so like crap he's stuck here and his parents are like can't convince the principal to like switch so as as like super villains in the city they signed a pact like not to destroy the hero school but like the students have never signed that so they try to get their daughter to blow up the school with her like fancy zappy laser um as a way out so that like if there's no hero school then their kid can go to villain school um except like the kid wants to to destroy the school himself it, like he'll be like the greatest kid supervillain ever like he managed to take down the school um so he stops his sister from doing it and he, he like gets applause or whatever and like he's like oh wait maybe this hero thing is actually pretty cool too so he like decides to stay in hero school but he's pretending that he's just he's still trying to destroy it to his parents so um that's what it's about yeah but it's like an yeah. allegory for um for like first generation kids who like are going against what their family's wishes are or what they've done or like are doing something that's unfamiliar unfamiliar territory and it's just like using superheroes and superhero school as like a vessel for talking about those issues yeah it's just a nice way of going about it um see my worry though is that like people will be like oh my god you just stole that idea from my hero academia it's like no it's no it's it's different. very different because like on one hand izuku like 
didn't have superpowers and he got superpowers. He wanted to be a hero his entire life. Like yeah. in this, in my story, it's like he didn't want to be a hero. He fell into it and just like, okay, we'll see where this goes. And like, there isn't a villain school in my hero, right? It's just, it's the league of villains. There's no like yeah, there's school no that school teaches you like how to do it. They they're, just they're do just, it. They just do it. Okay, yeah. And there's like, there's no All Might figure as much as it would be cool, but yeah. I think there's enough different in the series that I want to create so that like, and the thing is, it's like superhero school is not a, a it's not a new concept. Like, yeah, it's Disney, been around. Disney did it before. Yeah. My hero did it. They did Spy I mean, High. If you want to talk about Spy High, yeah, Sky, Sky High. high oh right. my God. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> so they, if anything, that's more where the inspiration would come from than this. Yeah. And honestly, like it, it's just really cool to see people like write these kinds of scripts. Um, I've been also, I've been like brainstorming a story for a while. Um, I've gotten the character chart down. I've been doing a lot more. Um, I wanted to turn it into a manga uh, first, but I have to get, you know, my drawing practice. Up. Yeah. Um, Cause that's obviously one of the most important pieces of it. Uh, but as well as that, like I also, I also just finished watching the clone wars. <laughs> oh, I need to watch that. I, I went with a, with two other friends. We sat down we literally watched it from like one to five in the morning every every night for the past like week. And Did you stream it? Uh no, we were just like in a Discord call together oh. and we just all watched it and we're like, all right, I'm tired. All right, cool. We're calling it here. And I'm like, Okay, is it as good as everyone says it is? Because I, I know like it ties a lot to the Mandalorian. And yes. I like my friend has let me graciously borrow her disney plus and i know it's something i need to get on um i i started lucifer instead mm -hmm. but <laughs> is for, it for me uh i people were saying like oh this is a kid's show you know it's it was on cartoon network it's fine dude this if if a kid's show has death politics and like you know just full out like decapitation at some point oh, like that's not lovely. a kid's show that's <laughs> that what what do you mean uh, but like <laughs> It was a. Uh, I feel like you understand it. The Clone Wars takes place between uh, the second and third movie, um, and then it slowly leaks into like you know the third movie, like the Revenge of the Sith stuff. So you kind of see like the downfall of of a character rather than like you you see like the reason why you know Obi Wan and Anakin are fractured or. Because, like, if you watched Revenge of the Sith, just the third movie as is, you're like, dude turned to the dark side in a matter of, like, 20 minutes. Like, that's... You don't just throw an elevator pitch and just be like, all right, the Jedi are bad. No, there there was a lot of things that went into it. And right. being able to see, like, okay, he, he lost this. He lost, like, that. Like, all this stuff that has happened to this character slowly leads him down this path. You understand, like, okay, this is this is the reason why it, it wasn't twenty minutes, and you know, a story about Darth Plagueis. Okay, it was <laughs> there was a it was a lot Have more. You ever heard of the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, that's you don't just tell a bedtime story and then he just switches teams like that. 
Okay, so I definitely have to get on this show. <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely say it's it's worth the ride, but get somebody who knows the chronological order of it um, to, like, give you a list because it jumps around like crazy. Like, lucky for us, we had a friend who was like, all right, you're going to go to episode five. Uh, you're going to watch, you're going to go to season five, watch episodes one through four, then go back to season two and watch seven through eight and then go back to one. And I'm like, Oh no. Okay. It's one of but those. It's one of those. So if you have somebody who can give that to you, do it. When I tried watching Steven universe, cause I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I've tried like four times and I just, I cannot stand Steven. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I cannot stand Steven. It, um, yeah. But when I tried it, like my friend had this whole chart of the order to watch the episodes because apparently, at least in season one ish, it's either really boring or like it goes out of order or there's a better order to watch it. I don't remember, but like, okay, I think if I could try that with Steven Universe, I can I can handle that with uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's cool if you wanted to watch it in whatever order, but there there is a correct order. And it's not the way how the producers made it. Mm-hmm. Right. My story will, or show when it's made, will not do that. You can watch it in chronological order and you will be <laughs> fine. I promise. I promise. <laughs> anyway. You give us like a yeah. flashback, three flashback episodes before the final one. No, no. I mean, it's like, it's going to go, it's following like the school year. Like you can't just like, flash to like i don't know the halfway through the school year then go back to the beginning of the school year then go to like <laughs> graduation day then go to like junior year then go back to freshman year. you can't do that that's just so confusing yeah. all right let's get into the overwatchy aspect of it the lunar new year kevin we've been you speculated last time i believe it was last episode that it was coming and it did come february 4th through the 25th um that's tomorrow for us uh mm-hmm. thursday hopefully i'm going to be releasing this tonight so by the time um y'all listen to this it will be out um they haven't released have they released a lot of the skins yet all i've seen so far um so far is the ash tiger skin and the uh diva highlight intro um yeah they really haven't shown us a lot of stuff that's in it we've seen the diva highlight intro um and like the ash skin um there's one for ash and bob where it's like you know the tiger um but i think that's it which is strange because it's like it's the year of the ox not the year of the tiger although it's a fantastic skin like i i know i said i probably wouldn't be like into the skins but like that's a really good one and i don't play ash and i'd be like i'll get it for tiger bob yeah Uh, i mean i think it'd be really cool to see um, I do wish that we get an ox themed skin uh for someone. Arisa? Arisa would be nice. Um I know that we're like later on we're getting a new, you know, Ryan skin and stuff like that, but I could also see like if Ryan got just like pauldrons essentially that had like a ox skull on it, you could mm-hmm. just like ram people with it, it would be great. Make ox sounds instead of train sounds. Yeah. Then I'd have to in my because whenever I play Ryan with my team, uh, and they know they they I don't know if they're annoyed that I do this, but every single time that I 
play Ryan and I charge, I just shout train sounds and then charge in with the train sounds. For some reason, like my play is actually better when I shout train sounds. I feel, I don't know if they feel it, but like, I think I play better when I shout train sounds. So I'm going to keep doing it. Um, but if they do aux sounds, I might, I might switch the skin. Yeah. It, it really depends on how well you, you feel it. Honestly though, like I, I like the Ash skin. I don't like the diva intro. It's the same thing as her other one where she just, the, the highlight intro is she like flies in with the mech. She jumps out and like it explodes in fireworks. It's the same thing as the other one where she hops out and takes a selfie. It's the same yeah. thing. Come on, Blizzard. Come on. If you're, if you're going to make us wait for Overwatch 2, you should at least do something a little higher effort. Like if, yeah. if you hadn't come out with that first highlight intro, this would have been fine. This would have been fantastic. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like this is just very uh, derivative of the last one. Oh my god, it's like it's like the the normal Genji skin and the Genji Chrome skin. I cannot tell the difference. Yeah, it's like is the Chrome a little just a little shinier? Is that it? I, I guess it's it's so similar that it's like you might as well just be wearing the normal one. You don't have to wait for the Chrome one. So that should be coming out tomorrow, and I, as per usual, we'll go over all the stuff when we actually get the uh, event um speaking of events blizzcon line it's not next week i'm an idiot um blizzcon line is happening this month the 19th through the 20th yep i typed in next week on our notes because i'm dumb uh the 19th through the 20th it's going to be entirely online completely free um, we are going to be getting it looks like a reinhardt skin based on um starcraft from this event but there's also going to be um celebration collections that you can buy from Battle.net. Um, the first one is called the Essentials Pack for $20. And it says, get in on the fun with a moon-touched netherwhelp pet for World of Warcraft 2, Tracer's OSV-03 Rogue Mount for the Heroes of the Storm. Again, I keep forgetting that you can still play Heroes of the Storm. Um, Overwatch icon and spray and a set of StarCraft portraits. Um, Five, you get five loot boxes for Overwatch and 15% off the Blizzard store. The Heroic Pack is for $39.99, so another $20. Um, you get to add a Mighty Snowmount Bear to your World of Warcraft collection. And you get the, I think this is how you get the legendary Rainheart in Overwatch. This is how you get the skin. You have to buy the Heroic Pack. Um, and then the Epic Pack is $60. Um, and what you get in addition for Overwatch is you get three golden loot boxes with the guaranteed legendary, um, but and other stuff from like World of Warcraft and Diablo three. Um, Forty dollars, Kevin, for the Reinhardt Overwatch skin. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm gonna get it. No, <laughs> I am. Or, I'm not getting it. Yeah, when when I was at the academy, the head of uh i guess the head of the esports department um used to get these packs for free because the school would send them out for um like game development and just to like look at what they're doing 
uh, uh-huh. because he is one of the game developing teachers at, at the school so he just gets essentially like passes to all this stuff um and like he's like yeah i, I get i get all the you know extra bonuses and everything and i'm like come on dude just get grab a couple <laughs> more you know just put it just make them prizes for like a tournament and uh yeah we we would play that but yeah there's it, it's cool that they're including you know they're crossbreeding uh you know rainer from uh starcraft 2 with you know reinhardt it just kind of makes sense it um, sounds similar yeah they sound similar and they're both well actually rainer's just more gun heavy but you know they're they're both the macho man of their own uh of their respective series so i i do like the idea of the skin um the paywall's a little high um and that's just because like i only played overwatch uh from blizzard i mean if you're mm-hmm. like a if you're like a blizzard fanboy um and like love every game i'm not you know i'm not bashing on you that's just you yeah, know, I mean, the way if how it's it worth is. it for you for what you play yeah exactly if it's worth it for you get it like you you will enjoy every part of it um it's just not for me i only play overwatch and that's it so uh yeah. spending 40 bucks for a skin wouldn't be worth it but I, mean, I would I spend play, 15 yeah. for the for the you know Valentine's Mercy breast cancer awareness one, but like yeah, th- this is just too much for just one skin. Because that's a better cause than just Blizzard saying, "Give me money." <laughs> like I feel like I feel part of this might be motivated by like they can't charge for BlizzCon this year, so they're trying to make up that money somehow. Um, I'm not getting the skin as much as as cool as I think it looks. Um, $40 is steep price for me. It says person who spends like over a hundred on comic books every week, but we're not going to talk about that. No, we don't talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've, I have I actually right before we recorded, I did send an email to the PR head of Blizzard. So we'll see if they send us anything within the next couple of weeks that we can talk about, like any PR materials. I mean, the press release is, online but it doesn't give us a whole lot besides what we just told you um if we get something i will let you know hopefully they give us some press material speaking of blizzcon line transition into this um this is gonna be if this is true i'm gonna be so mad like this is this is the death knell i think of the game unless they absolutely blow us away at blizzcon line and give us something to go in between so everybody knows metro metro is our big leaker he's been right a majority of the time i don't know where his contacts are but they're pretty reliable um according to metro uh we're not getting the game in 2021 um we're not getting anything in 2021 um development has been very slow again i you're giving us essentially the same game with the dlc pack i can't possibly i mean i I, if you're revamping it from a new graphics engine or or a new gameplay engine i guess i can see a little bit of delay but not not i don't know three years just to rebuild your same game I don't know about game development, but at least on the surface, on the outside, it seems like a lot. Um, but 
this doesn't rule out a potential beta coming out for Overwatch 2. Um, I don't know. The, the article that I'm reading on Dexerto says, according to Metro's, it says, I don't understand how they get hopeful from this. It says, that all said, the source does have some potentially good news. When asked about new heroes coming in the 2021 season, the source said, TBD on new heroes, but seems unlikely. Um, previously, the Overwatch devs have said that Echo would be the last hero released for the original game. So even getting it to be decided on this could give us a touch of hope. I don't get hopeful from that at all. I feel like they're just being nice and saying, we don't want to rule it out, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So I, I'm reading this as you're not getting shit. Yeah, this is not like hopeful at all for for us um we've literally been waiting on this game for what will it be two years was it last year that they it'll announced be two, Overwatch 2? it'll be two years i think it it was yeah. last blizzcon actually no when was it even yeah so yeah it's, it'll be two years i think since the announcement yeah so we've essentially been waiting on this we understand the pandemic happened right like we're not gonna like just say oh you should have had it you should have had it done already whatever but we kind of have been waiting on this it's like if you if you essentially like show us something and say like hey we're working on it you kind of just build expectations once again it's going to be that cyberpunk uh the the cyberpunk treatment where everybody is going to hype it up in their own way but the second that it drops it if it doesn't meet all of our expectations we're going to consider it a failure uh which is rough on you know the developer side of it but it's also just like why would you announce something so early um when you can just let the game that you have already just kind of fizzle out and then we can go from there it didn't it, it really doesn't make sense like all of our excitement is pretty much gone at this point, I feel like. And with calling it in 2020, what they, they wanted in 2021, but we're saying 2022. Yeah, that's realistic. 2022 right now. So if it's 2022, right, you essentially have to remind people that Overwatch exists. That, that's the best way how I can say it. <laughs> because we're going to be at a point where we just don't know about overwatch anymore um and i know it's unfortunate to say that but it's true it's more like because we don't have uh constant updates we're not constantly reminded that you know overwatch is a game that's constantly evolving um we're sitting here just waiting on the next big one to come out and if we don't get it uh, for a while, we're going to just forget that this game exists. We're going to be playing other things like FPS players are going to be moving on to something else. Um, and yeah, it, it's going to take a really big like push in order to make Overwatch 2 essentially as exciting as, you know, what the old Overwatch was. And yeah, you have to essentially teach us again how to love Overwatch. I think that's that's a good way to put it. Teach us again how to love Overwatch. I mean, 
I'm, I'm struggling to think how, like, I feel like the community as a whole right now has been just trying to hold on the last vestiges of hope that it could be revived. And Overwatch 2 was that last glimmer of we can be a great community, a great game game. We could be the top of the FPS esports world. Now that we have lost that hope, essentially, because I really don't see any reason to doubt Metro, considering the track record of accuracy. Does the community have any more hope? I feel like it's it's going to start fizzling really fast. Yeah, and if if that does happen, uh, uh, we'll be doing something else. Uh, but honestly, I think Overwatch has just got to re revamp itself. We can't just be left alone um, to to just wait on Overwatch too. There needs to be something else involved whether it's whether it's this um like either a beta key to let us keep playing um if there's you know the the animated series that they've been teasing at um just anything like there has to be something that keeps us engaged or else when you drop overwatch 2 and expect everybody to come back everybody's going to be like oh yeah but you remember when we had brig for six months like you remember when we had goats for like a year? Like that's that's all they're gonna be thinking about. Speaking of just side note, speaking of animated series, did you hear that there was supposed to be an animated Legend of Zelda series that was can- or live action Legend of Zelda series that was canned because Nintendo was mad that someone leaked it? What? Yeah. Uh, why? Why? No, don't get mad at that. Just be like, that's cool. Like, but I mean, it's Nintendo. the hype. Right, the hype Nintendo. It's Nintendo, though. They do this all the time. They're so, they're so like close to the chest about everything. Like, remember when they canceled the story mode essentially for um, the most recent Smash Bros. Because someone leaked all the cutscenes. No, I, I guess they were gonna do Subspace Part Two, like an actual, like full-on cinematic thing. But someone leaked all the cutscenes. They're like, you know, what? you don't get it anymore. Anyway, back to uh, back to Metro. Um, this is uh, this really puts a damper on the excitement I had for BlizzCon Line. I mean, I'm still gonna still gonna watch it, obviously. Still gonna hope for the best, but uh, temper our expectations, everybody. Yeah, I would much rather have you know more excitement going into. The next game um but the fact that they left us in the dark for a while just makes it very difficult for us to get excited about this and essentially something has to happen at blizzcon line like if there is no like new things about overwatch 2 you could essentially call it off <laughs> uh like we're, we're not even gonna i don't even think that people would be interested in watching the league if we like know that it's going to be this same format um so i just hope that whatever happens we get like some exciting news coming into blizzcon um even if it's just like even if they realistically say you know 
we can't get it done until 2022, but we have things coming uh, in the near future just to keep, you know, or to like keep you guys entertained and get you guys excited about Overwatch. I'd be happy about that. Um, obviously, we, we were waiting on that. Uh, what was it? We, the last, what is it? Smash Bros thing. They were saying, oh, Tracer is going to be <sighs> Smash, right? And then we got <sighs> Minecraft Steve, right? Like, I feel like the only way how they would do it is, you know, BlizzCon. They have just like a, they have an announcement trailer, right? Just like a classic chill announcement trailer. And it's just all of the, all of the Overwatch heroes. And then they just get an envelope, you know, they get the, they get the envelope, they get the invitation and Tracer takes the call, right? And then, then you get that announcement as well as, you know, other things here and there, but people, it, it might create a mixed reaction, but it's at least something for us to be like, okay, they're not completely dead. They're not out of it. There's something going on. Mm-hmm. It would keep the relevance of Overwatch alive for a little bit longer. Um, it would make a lot of news because of whenever Nintendo does something, of course, it makes the news. Um, and I mean, it, it to people who haven't played Overwatch, it gives them a, an opportunity to get a little bit of int- an introduction into the world. So... I can't. Uh, I don't know if that's enough, though. I don't think it will be enough, but I think it's at least something that doesn't right. like it doesn't just sit there and do nothing. Mm-hmm. So let's move into league stuff. Um, anywhere in particular you want to start on this, Kevin? Um, in terms of this, not nah, we could start wherever. All right. Um, let's start on the small and go to the easy. So Fran signed for a, to stream for Toronto. Um, I think my favorite comment that I saw when this happened was like, hooray for Fran, but also when like you want to have a female presence on the team for marketing purposes because it would look good, but you don't think they're good enough to play. Yeah, I mean, they are a big entertainer. I have to give Fran like a lot of credit for being here. She puts together a lot of like tournaments that, if anything, makes Toronto look really good. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing that I'm really questioning is why didn't the Outlaws sign her as a as a streamer, right? Because like you tech, you got Dante, like just just yeah. Uh. Yeah, she <laughs> and Dante are dating, right? Yeah. So like, essentially, you got them on two different teams now. You could have had like power couple streaming with Dante. Exactly. It would have it would have been good, but you know, I what whatever gets the job done, honestly, for for uh for streaming and whatnot. But I, I hope that this doesn't put a you know a strain on anything. Um if anything, it might be a fun little like uh like rivalry if you just see like them show up on stage against each mm-hmm. other or you know, just Many events, but we're fun. not going to see her on stage because she's a streamer. She's not good enough to play for the team. Exactly. Well, I mean, like uh. we could do the streamer talent throwdown. I <laughs> wish, dude. I would. I would watch that. I would watch. They should, if, yeah. They got the streamers for um like every single place. Um, put them all together and then put them against either the desk or like fan favorites. Uh, and just mix the team together. 
that'd be so cool like have have the stream you could do so many different things with that like you could do like a stream like a random compilation of teams and then just have them face off you could have like the streamers face off against like the starting lineup for the actual teams uh there's a lot of potential there i I would love to see that to see because the streamers don't get as much um face time or recognition as the actual players so it'd be a good way to shine a light on other aspects of the esports scene and the industry that maybe more casual viewers don't get to see as often or just do the full you know shuffle i'd be down for that just have the players cast have the casters play and then throwing the throwing the streamers into the into the game as well um another excellent option because I, I feel like, you know, Jake has already got that down. You technically already have Custa. Uh, you you could just bring in, just imagine like a super, uh, super Dante cast would be kind of chaotic. <laughs> uh, you, you would need somebody yeah. else to, you know, nail that down. But it would be sure definitely Dante fun. Doesn't swear. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, it it happens sometimes. but It does. It do. It, it do. Um it's hard it's hard to lock that down but it it would be good um to just bring attention to you know there's more people um in the back than just you know your talent and the uh the players themselves so yeah i'm really really glad that fran got got the sign um and she is going to you know help toronto really bring more attention in terms of the actual stream stuff now if only teams would sign women to actually play in the league that would be fantastic yeah i'm still waiting you know there's there's got to be an opening somewhere um and yeah i mean we just have to make that stride to to get that all together um another person who did sign to streaming um kind of a big change here um emong uh signs with the san francisco shock as their official uh, stream partner um emong was originally with the philadelphia fusion um streaming for their block but apparently uh they they part ways and emong now is uh playing for the shock stream so that's something that as as an off tank player or as a tank player and off tank player i really enjoyed watching you know emong um and learning from like his diva play for the most part but also just like his mentality um so i'm just really glad that we we have something going going on here yeah um how big of a presence and how big of a benefit is it to have these streamers on a team kevin and the organization as like in, in structurally um for me personally, I think that it, it makes a really good impact because especially if you have a streamer who holds themselves in high regard, um, what it does is that if the streamer is signed on to, you know, a team, you you have like a more you have more media presence than just saying like, oh, our players are streaming. Um, they're more personable uh and it also helps out, you know, the streamer as well. Like they could say, we we play with, like, they they have a legit income coming in from a big organization. They are, 
um, you know, representing them and just doing really good work overall. So I just hope that uh, if more streamers get signed, the the more like eyes get put onto said team. Um, and it would be really interesting to see everything come together. So we will see how it plays out. Speaking of seeing how things played out, we we saw how the uh, Valiant move played out. Bad feelings. Yeah. Bad, bad feelings. We originally went over um, the fact that the Valiant have moved from LA, essentially, um, to now being owned by a Chinese organization. And with that uh they did the thing that we thought was gonna happen uh the thing that they denied was going to happen yeah they denied it was gonna happen and then they did it um so it a long story cut super short essentially because of this move the la valiant um has released all players and coaches um from its team and are looking for talent in China uh, to fill in that role. Um, the thing about this is I am not, you know, as a, as a player or as like a, as a person who's looking at the league, this team has been in the league for two years uh, or three years, like from the beginning, essentially is what we're in. We're in year. We passed year three, but um like this was one of the first teams that like we really like looked at and now that it's shifted over and all of their players are released they're no longer the Los Angeles Valiant they are they should be named something else um and even if they keep the valiant name now now the question is obviously there's a ton of players that were on the original valiant roster um that are now available so we we said we didn't want this to happen. They did it anyways. And now we have to figure out where players are going to land. And I mean, these players aren't just like, you know, cheap pieces or anything. Um, it like these could make or break like a team later down the line too. Like if you want really talented players, look at their roster and start, you know, Get a contract. Get them a contract right now. My thing for this is like, what are what are the other implications about just how how to trust the league, how to trust the teams? Like, what does this do for player morale? What does this do for the league as a whole? Because like, here here's here's the statement that they posted. We want to thank all the players and staff moving on today from the LA Valiant due to COVID-related visa issues as we prepare to compete in China this season. We've worked to facilitate the best available next steps for our players and staff and wish them all the best moving forward. We look forward to having LA Valiant join NYXL and the Philadelphia Fusion in bringing more live Overwatch League content to the fashion to the passionate passionate <laughs> passionate fan base in Asia during this logistically challenging year. Um, I, this stinks like COVID related visa issues. Uh, 
other teams have been able to work around this. How how is the LA Valiant the only one who's had these issues and that require losing their players? And I think like one of the most heartbreaking things that I read was KSM, known as McGravy, um, who got the Internet Hulk Award winner last year, who unfortunately got booted off of the roster for the LA Valiant, posted, Sometimes I sat up at night wondering what I could have done better. I can now sleep peacefully knowing none of it mattered and I would have lost my job anyways. Do yourself a favor and support a better team. Yeah. It's heartbreaking, dude. It it is like honestly like to have a player saying like there's no reason for you to back this back a team that would essentially like throw all their players under the bus um is 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 a way to go. Like what you what they have to do, I honestly think <laughs> that the LA Valiant is like just unless they do really well next year um which even even so like i feel like it's just really bad like pr in general just saying like oh we bought an la based team we have a roster we're going to drop everyone right and then what are we going to do after that like they haven't even announced we're gonna we're gonna take x y or z um all these players are essentially not going anywhere um and i want these players like (laughs) it's it's one of those things where if you wanted a player you just you can take them now uh on on the valiant but in terms of like the way how this looks it it looks really bad for the valiant like organization they're just saying our players are not what we want um, from the higher ups, so they're just gonna drop everybody, and it's it's a bad look. And for a lot of teams, this or a lot of players in general, like does a change in management at the higher level threaten their job security? Like threaten their spot on the team? Like if another team gets, let's say, bought out, right? and has to move over to another region are their jobs in jeopardy like do you have all these players move over are you just giving up on them at this point um or what's the deal because at this point if the la valiant are just going to be like hey we're moving over here okay let's get rid of all the u.s and other players that were already signed here we're just going to sign all you know, Chinese players, it, it really hurts. Mm-hmm. Like there's, again, there's like no reason to trust teams anymore because even if the other teams mean the, like, even, even if they, they have the best intentions and they, they mean that they're not going to do it. Like you're, you're always going to have that question in the back of your head. Like, am I losing my job? Cause we're moving because the Valiant did it. What's to stop them from like lying through their teeth. So I mean, I used to be a pretty big Valiant fan. I, I like the team. I like them better than the Gladiators, but guess I'm moving allegiances now because I can't support this. Yeah, and they're they're not in your backyard anymore. They <laughs> moved literally across the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I 
I don't know how this feels. And I remember, um, I remember talking with somebody about um, player signings in terms of the league and how it kind of corresponds with the way how, um, like how other sports leagues do it. And especially in basketball, um, it's like, if you know that an organization can breed you to become a winner or become a champion, a lot more players are just looking to sign with that organization, knowing that they have a process that works. Um, and so if anything, the, the LA Valiant going to China puts not only a bad rep on them, but like it just f- further pushes teams to go to teams that will create essentially like the super team of, you know, X, Y, or Z game. I mean, you, you look at the shock and <laughs> we had literally like a busted roster for the longest time. Um, they're just trying to get all the pieces together. And if it works out, it works out um, in basketball. Like it was the warriors uh, when they had, you know, their, their big three running, they had Kevin Durant and that was all working. And right now it's the Lakers because they have LeBron uh-huh. and AD. So it's like, if you have a team like that process works, you really are bogged down to sign with anyone else. So I am very like, this is just not a good look for the, for the Valiant and for any other team that is thinking about doing this. Um, just, just don't do it. Just if you're going to release your players, release your players. Um, and let them know like, Hey, you know what? This isn't working for, for this, but at least we could give you like recommendations or places to go. Cause I mean, let's be honest. If you need a, if you need a Genji, you'd sign agilities. If you need, you know, support line you have Lastro and Shaxx, like you have a solid lineup. It's just a matter of getting those pieces that are now free agents pick them up all the ks's ksp ksf ksm they all have something that your team could use so the question is is like have you already has all have all the other teams already signed those pieces and they don't need to shell out money for more yeah I, i think that if you're looking for a high quality piece it's okay to send one down to you know to contenders just to make sure that you have you know the talent ready for the mm-hmm. next one so mm-hmm. i honestly for for the players this is a really like bad situation and also for the organization as a whole but i just want you know i i wish the best for the players i wish the best you know i hope the org figures out how it's gonna recover from this pr uh that's not my problem. <laughs> I have no other way of really saying it. Yeah, I mean, I but... feel like we found a villain for for the next season. Exactly. So, like, like this is the team we're gonna love to hate. Exactly. But they don't even have like the pieces to make us like. If they become, you know, the next meme of you know the Shanghai Dragons, where they just go zero and forty or something like that throughout the entire series, I'd be fine with that. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we, we will be cheering on. And I think, you know, to add insult to injury, there should be like a tally count of just like, you, you know, when like they would walk a like a good batter in, in baseball, they put a K on the wall. Um, they, they put like a, 
essentially if you walk a batter they just put like they put up like essentially a whole like tally of like the number of times that player has been walked uh we'll do the same thing for the la valley we'll have like a banner uh that we just add another like heart sticker to whenever they they take an l yeah (laughs) i was gonna say something and i completely forgot oh here's what i was gonna say um i i as much as i want them to just have an abysmal losing streak i don't want them to take the record away from shanghai just because it's something that they can say like it's their it's their guinness world record so i want them to like get one away from uh from beating that Shanghai losing record and then win the one and then just keep losing. This feels mean, but they deserve it. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I it, Yeah. I just hope that whatever, whatever they do for the next season, it's, it's really strong. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like have, if, if, no, keep going. They, they have to essentially prove us wrong. Like, right. This, this next year, if not, we're just going to be like, yeah, they, they were way better when they were in L.A. Sell the team back to L.A., please. If Blizzard really wants to, like, come out looking good here, they, they could probably try to find space within the org and, like, facilitate them finding new jobs. Um, I don't think they will, but here's an opportunity to, like, win some respect back as an organization, as the, the host of the Overwatch League from all the viewers and the fans this is this is your shot but i don't think they're going to take it you're throwing away their shot alexander hamilton (laughs) good play if you have disney plus go and watch it fantastic it's so good i was going to see it again in theaters but like verona (laughs) um anyway so moving on to another another minor leaguey story um apparently uh the contract that the um the league had with its its teams to produce merchandises run out looks like um so in 2018 the overwatch league signed a deal with uh fanatics uh, the sportswear retailer to like exclusively go through them but it looks like teams are released from that now because i think you've got like the san francisco shock signing with meta threads which is another company um the florida mayhem are looking to start going into independent merchandise production um and and yeah so uh i don't really know what this means for the shop and economics but the fact that there are brands looking to invest in these teams I think is a good sign that at least there's some hope for longevity. Um, I don't know if these are just going to be like single year deals or maybe multi-year deal. I think the safe bet would be just for these merchandise companies would be a single year deal to start and see where it goes from there. But I feel like this is more hopeful than saying, I don't know if you'll get heroes in the next year. You might, but probably not likely. Like this is something that's hopeful. Yeah, this for sure gives me a little bit of hope knowing that you know people are still passionate about the teams and they want to make uh they want to make cool merch and i'm down for cool merch i am always down for you know rocking something that looks cool um so especially to give the teams their own 
like personality now and to also allow them to get the benefits and all the profits from whatever they sell um i feel like is a good uh it's a good market standpoint for the organizations and it allows them to be a little bit more creative they don't have to always go through the league for yeah. approval for a shirt so they can kind of do their own thing and a lot of the league designs looked really bland and similar I yeah it, it wasn't like a standout thing like um but the shock are allowed to get a little bit more uh creative with their work same thing with all the other teams they can do whatever they want with it now um like if you, if you want to put a shirt with super's face on it that just says a monkey uh people would buy that and they don't have to go through the league and go through you know all the all the processes that it has to do in order to get approved they can they do that on the spot if there's a meme make it a shirt sell it immediately uh that that's how this is how they're gonna they're gonna work i'm excited to to see a variety in merchandise now hopefully i mean it's, it's gonna be expensive still but like if hopefully i'll be inspired to buy something use my hard-earned um savings and deplete them faster <laughs> yeah um that's it for the main news um we're still trying so i think all right so and one of the things that happened in internet and game stuff over the past week i'm sure you've all heard about it, is is the GameStop stuff um which like we're gonna talk with hopefully more with avalon when we can schedule our special guest when we can um get a better scheduling thing out. Um, but like, I think we should try to like just go over it a little bit just to see if we're getting this right. Um, so Kevin, interrupt me if you understand this differently than I do, or you have more information. But so from what I understand is there was a hedge fund who published an article saying that the smart thing to do uh investing wise would be to try to short sell stock from GameStop. Um from what I understand, short selling is when if someone owns a, a certain stock, what you're doing is you're you're buying it from them or bar you're borrowing it from them, promising to pay them back the the actual value of the stock so you're borrowing from them at whatever price and you're counting on uh what you're counting on the price dropping so let's so say you you buy something for um a stock for like ten dollars right uh so now you just and then hold on let me let me here's here's like a better explanation Let's say I want to short X, Y, and Z, which has a current price of $10. I borrow one share and sell it immediately at $10. I now have $10, but I owe the broker back the one share that I borrowed. Then let's say the price of the stock drops to $7. I now decide to cover or buy it back or buy back my shorts position and buy the one share at $7. I return the one share that I borrowed back to the broker, which means that you made $10 when you sold the price, the, the stock, and $7 to buy it back. 
So you made, or to, to give it back. So you made the $3 difference. So um, that's what they were counting on doing. Another thing to, to know about is a short squeeze is when if you, if you try this strategy and it, it doesn't work and the price actually goes up, then you are stuck covering the difference. Um, so let's say if you bought, you sold it for 10, the price went up to 15, you have to buy back that stock for the full $15. So now you are out of the whole $5. You, you've lost that money. Um, and this can just, this can go on indefinitely. Like, like if you look at the GameStop price, it rose. So what happened was um, apparently there's a, a, a dirty quarter of Reddit, as people like to call it, called Wall Street Bets, where all they do is they look at these stocks and they gamble on a lot of them. And a lot of them just gamble their life savings away doing this. Um, and apparently this, this Reddit community has some favorite stocks which they're called meme stocks so stuff like GameStop or Tesla or AMC that are always in the news or, or, or the subject of memes or like popular among the internet crowd so Wall Street bets caught wind of this article and they were not happy that they were going out that this um, company this this hedge fund was going after GameStop because it's a meme stock. So what they did was they bought a ton of those stocks and then which left this hedge fund having to, to buy back from them. Now, when they kept buying the stocks, the prices kept rising. Um, I, don't, I don't even know how much they cost now, but it was getting to the point where like these stocks were getting were once worth, I think, like what six bucks a share, and they were rising to thousands, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars per share, to the point where this hedge fund was losing billions with the B dollars. Like that's how much the the price of these stocks rose, to the point where other hedge funds had to try to inject money into this one hedge fund. To, to keep it afloat, and that money ran out still. Um, and then I think the, the, the trading company, or I don't know what it's called, the platform, Robinhood, actually stopped uh, the ability to purchase shares of GameStop, AMC, and I think Tesla, because this was happening not just with GameStop, but with those two stocks too. So um, that's where we're at with this. I don't know exactly what has happened. I might be inaccurate on this, but this is from what I, the articles and the explanations I've read, this is what I understand. Um, what I think is, is funny is that like, Wall Street, like the, the analysis is like Wall Street is now complaining that people have caught in their game and like the average person can play it too. But it's really heartwarming to see like the good stories that have come out with this. Like there was one kid I think in Texas who like for his birthday, his parents bought him a couple stocks of GameStop stock. I think he bought like 10 shares and he made like now that that happened, his like what, $60 of, of GameStop shares got him $25,000. So, and like the, he's a kid, so he can use that money for like his family, college, et cetera. There was another guy who, instead of like using that money for himself, bought a bunch of Nintendo switches and donated them to a children's hospital. 
So yeah, it not not everybody who makes a ton of money are super villains. They're they're uh, doing what they need to do, and I'm glad that you know we don't know a lot. I don't, I'm not a economics guy. I took it in high school, and that's it. Um, just like probably majority of us, but yeah, it was really interesting to see all of this play out the way it did. Um, and I hope that at some point we can figure out, you know, why this happens. And to everybody who did invest in that stock, good on you. Uh, I wish someone had told me like, Hey, buy this for cheap. You'll make money. It's like, I, I could really use the dough. Yeah. We, we could, we could all use the dough in this current, you know, era of literally Rona and potentially super Rona. We don't, someone we don't please know. hire me. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll also, see about please that to our ads. This is how we can get money now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, another thing, it literally just came up as we are, uh, talking right now. Uh, sure. Four, it was actually signed to the Sentinels as a content creator. Ooh. Um, that just came out a couple minutes into our podcast, um, today. So, uh, he says that he's going to retire from Overwatch. He's no longer going to be playing um, for the LA Gladiators. Um, he played for the Defiant for a while as well. Um, but he says that he wants to keep playing. He wants to keep being an entertainer. So he will be playing uh, titles uh, from Overwatch, Valorant, and Apex Legends. Um, so he is going to... Uh, figure out what he wants to do. Um, in, he said, obviously, if he proves himself on stream as a content creator and streamer, uh, you never know. Maybe they might sign him up again. Yeah. See, that's one of the things that's like a benefit, I guess you can call it, of being an esports. You're not limited to to one game like a lot of the time you are in traditional sports, unless you're Michael Jordan who like plays golf, baseball, and basketball and whatever else he wants to do. <laughs> Also, so before we sign off for the week, quick uh, stats update. Um, some of you probably saw the social media post I posted, but like, guys, you got us to 566 view, uh, downloads last month. Thank you so much. That's like a lot better. Like I, I opened it up and like, wait, we jumped from like 300 something to like, or like, I don't even know where we were. I can't even remember, but like we jumped a lot. So thank you all for helping us grow. It's not, we haven't even published this episode. It's only the, what, the third day of February. We're already at 28 downloads this month. Um, so thank you all so much. And like, again, if it's not too much trouble, please listen to the ads in the beginning and potentially the end of the episode so we can get the monies. Um, and I am still coordinating with our guest, hopefully to get on later this week so we can record two episodes this week and, and publish them while the uh the news angle is still fresh but uh, it's still kind of an evergreen story um final thoughts from kevin um yeah just make sure once again we don't know what's gonna come out in the lunar new year event um but yeah make sure you go and play that it is it is unorthodox of a timing thing. Usually we get these on Tuesdays. So remember, it's on Thursdays now. Um, we actually go through and get all of it done. So 
yeah, get get your crews together. Make sure that you complete your Lunar New Year stuff, and yeah, and enjoy what uh, what Overwatch has to offer, especially in the upcoming weeks. It's it's all gonna come down literally to what happens at the end of this month. It it's all riding on BlizzCon and the future of Overwatch. That's a lot of pressure. That's so much pressure. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all on Blizzard. It's not on us. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not. Uh, we're fine. We're fine. But uh, yeah, well, thanks everybody for listening. Um, we will update you if anything that happens with Overwatch or the other episode. And please like, rate, subscribe, share it, help us grow. Uh, we appreciate you all, and we will see you soon. Adios. Next week, we scour the internet and update you on any news from the world of Overwatch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.